Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre in the UK. This podcast is a recording of the Bible message that is shared during the Sunday worship service. You can now watch our service online through live stream at 10.30am every Sunday morning and can also find our stories and videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. I don't know about you but I'm often humbled if I ever discover the true extent of someone's generosity to me. Now, let me just make that very clear. I don't immediately go onto the internet on Boxing Day and Google every gift that I've been given to see how much they cost. (laughs) But occasionally in life, and I guess you're the same, you might be out and about shopping and you recognize something that somebody else has graciously given you. And, And suddenly, wow. Wow, I didn't realize it cost that much. And in that moment, you suddenly are struck at the wonderful generosity of somebody's gift to you. At the beginning and end of Jesus' life, he was the recipient of valuable gifts. And in my reflections on Epiphany earlier on this week, I was looking at the gifts, obviously, of the Magi, but I also went to the gifts at the other end of Jesus' life as well because there were very few occasions when Jesus was actually given gifts. I can think of Mary with the ointment, the spikenard, but I can't think of many other occasions. For life, for Jesus, life began in a place that didn't belong to him or his family. And likewise, it ended in a place that didn't belong to him or his kin. We're familiar, very familiar with the place of his birth. We just spent weeks looking at it. It was a stable. It was an unexpected lodging because of all the other unusual places to stay were full up. We also know two of his final place of rest. It was a tomb belonging to Joseph of Arimathea. And when Joseph of Arimathea gave that personal tomb for Jesus' burial, he actually gave up a very precious possession. Only the wealthy could afford large tombs carved out of the side of rock. Joseph of Arimathea was a very wealthy man. And he gave a valuable gift to Jesus at the time of his death. And yet when I think about it, he was no different to that unnamed person, the innkeeper. We just don't know his name. We don't know much about him. He gave Mary and Joseph a stable that would provide them with shelter and a place in which their child could be born. The tomb of Joseph of Arimathea was a gift to a deceased, penniless man. And the stable was a gift to a powerless child and a family in need. Neither gift could ever be paid, repaid by the recipient. Both of them were given willingly, without any expectation on the part of the giver, and they were given because they were needed. The innkeeper gave a stable, 
Joseph gave a tomb. I think when we think of the things that are given to Jesus over his lifetime, we don't naturally think of property, do we? Our first thought is probably going to the wise men who followed the star. After Jesus' birth, the Magi brought gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And as we know, the Magi chose their gifts in faith. Gold was given because it was to honour a king. Frankincense was a priestly offering to the divine. Frankincense was often placed in the temple in a prominent place and would be lit and the incense would go up at the time of offerings to the God who was divine. Myrrh was an expensive perfume to anoint in death. These were carefully chosen gifts. They were gifts given so that they could be of great use to a family that would soon have to go into exile in, G in Egypt. These gifts were easy to carry. I'm, I was taken back to college days when I was at college and I often had to get the train back to college after the Christmas recess. And I remember one occasion I had agreed to meet everybody on the train as it pulled into York, because we were all coming from different parts of the country. Some were coming from Durham, some were coming from Scotland. But we all agreed to get the same train, we'd all agreed to be in this carriage, and we'd get onto the train. And one day I got onto the train, and it was heaving. There was just no room. And I managed to find my group of friends. And one of my friends, well, I have no idea what he had in his possession. But he seemed to fill up the carriage with everything that was his luggage. And I said, what, what were you doing? And he said, well, you're not going to believe this. I got all these Christmas gifts. But nobody thought that I'd be on the train back to college. And how on earth they expect me to get here? He had pots and pans. He had a microwave. There was all sorts. Really useful but nobody had thought how he was to get them back to his place where he resided normally. That wasn't the case with the Magi. Their gifts were carefully thought. They were easy to carry. They weren't bulky. They could have easily been put in a bag. They were rich in value. Some commentators would say that Joseph, having received those gifts in the stable, could easily have gone to the innkeeper and bought the inn with those gifts. Such was the value of those gifts. There was a lot of money in those gifts. But you know what? They weren't intended to be keepsakes. They weren't to be there for Mary and Joseph to pull out 20 years, 30 years later and say, oh, when our Jesus was born, look at these lovely gifts. He had this lovely little spoon or this lovely... No, no, they weren't intended to be keepsakes. They were practical. They were useful. They were valuable. A few weeks ago, Witch Magazine ran an interesting article and it found from a research survey that it conducted that it estimated in the UK 2 million people have unused gift cards that they were given last year. 2 million people have unused gift cards in their possession that they were given last year. And if you work out every gift card, maybe 20, that's an awful lot of money 
that people have not spent. That wouldn't happen in our house, I can assure you. Gift cards are never unused. Sometimes there were good reasons for this. The company had gone bust. But wow, what a, a waste. Gifts that went unused. Unlike the gifts of the Magi that were valuable gifts, unlike the gift of the innkeeper and Joseph that were valuable gifts, these gifts go unused. The women at the tomb at the time of Jesus' death, they prepared and brought gifts to Jesus. We know they did. Any of the gospel narratives, if you read them, you'll read that one, two, three of them went early on that Sunday morning with gifts of ointment and spice to anoint the, gift, the body of Jesus. This time it wasn't to celebrate. They brought their gifts not to the Christ child, but to the Christ man. Not at the beginning of life, but at the end of life. And in the early morning, they approached the tomb to prepare and anoint the body with spices and perfumes before it started to decay. Their gifts were also very practical. Their gifts were also very valuable. Their gifts were very precious. But unlike the gifts of the wise men, their gifts were never ever used. The body of Jesus was not anointed with human hands. It didn't need to be. Because God the Father had done the anointing. He'd brought Jesus' son back to life. Human healing, human gifts were no longer required. Because Jesus had risen. Their gifts were unused. The gifts of the women, the gifts of the Magi were similar. Both were perfumes, both were ornaments. Both would have been valuable. And yet, a diff what a difference between the two givers. The Magi were learned people from their respective cultures. The women were at the lower end of society. They weren't well educated. They were on the margins of their community. The Magi travelled far. The women probably lived close to the tomb, so they made their short journey in a matter of minutes. And they gave their gifts differently, opposite ends of Jesus' life. The gifts of one were useful, the gifts of the other group were unused. And yet they come with a common attribute. They are both servants who've come to honour and worship Christ. The Magi came at Jesus' birth, the women at his death. Men, women, learned, humble, it didn't matter. Their gifts came from the same root, and that root was faithful service. And as they come as servants there to worship, they too receive great gifts. The Magi are one of the first to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah to others. The women would proclaim the bold to the disciples and anybody else that would hear that the Jesus the Saviour was risen. Both were the first to deliver the good news at different times to different communities. That good news that the Saviour is alive. But more than that, we're told that both groups bringing the gifts experience great joy. Very different circumstances. Matthew's Gospel tells us this. 
the women hurried away from the tomb afraid yet filled with joy. That's what Matthew recalls. Bemused by what had happened, they ran away afraid yet filled with joy. Matthew earlier in his gospel describes that the magi were overjoyed when they saw that the star had come to rest over this stable. They were given a gift, a gift of joy for their faithful service. Mark Jones, in commentating on this, says this, the wise men see the child with Mary and they do the only fitting thing they fell down and worshipped him. They prostrated themselves before a child who was no ordinary child, but the God child. They offered him valuable kingly gifts as an expression of their worship, since true worship is invariably accompanied by an offering. I like that comment. True worship is invariably accompanied by an offering. He goes on to say, there's a crucial principle here for all Christians to take note of, that the only real and lasting source of true joy, both in this life and the next, comes from beholding the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And what God did for the wise men, he does for all people. He shines into our hearts the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I love those two thoughts. I love the thought that true worship is invariably accompanied by an offering. Just think about that. True worship is invariably accompanied by an offering. That doesn't necessarily mean a gift or a monetary offering. It can be an offering of self, and it should be an offering of self. But more than that, I love the thought that any sincere act of giving of self, any sense of joy, comes from beholding the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God didn't just allow that as a privilege for the magi and mourners at the tomb. That's available to us all. And that is exactly what Paul was saying to the Corinthians in the passage we read earlier. You and I have the ability to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so this week, as you consider covenant, the greatest thing I can encourage you to do is seek the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Because in seeing Jesus, you will see God. And in seeing God for who he is, in giving ourselves to him, then that's where covenant begins. At the beginning and end of Jesus' life, he was the recipient of valuable gifts. Some of them were used, some of them were unused. It didn't matter. What was more important was the common attitude of the givers. The gifts were given willingly without expectation because they were needed. The gifts were given because by servants who come to honor and worship Christ, they beheld the glory of God in the face and presence of Jesus. And so their worship was accompanied by an offering. 
This week, our Advent season has drawn to a close for another year. And you know what? I believe we've received the same gift as the Magi and the women at the tomb. I believe we've received the good news that the Saviour is alive. And he's with us through the Holy Spirit and he makes himself known to us today. But we also have the opportunity at the beginning of a new year to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And acknowledge that we too are servants who desire to honour and worship Christ with all that we are and have. For me, Covenant Day just comes a week too early. I'm not ready for it. I'm still picking up the pieces of Christmas. I'm still clearing up. I'm still getting my head together. Which is why today I find it a difficult day to do Covenant Day. Which is why I need this coming week to contemplate. To contemplate my own covenant. To contemplate the gifts that I bring. Are the gifts that I am bringing to God week in, week out, valuable? Are there any unused gifts that I could bring that I just don't bring? Am I looking in the face of Jesus and seeing the glory of God as the basis for my covenant with him? Friends, this morning, I've wanted to do nothing more but to set you on the pathway to considering covenant this week. To thinking about your gift. To seeing the glory of God in the face of Jesus to consider the valuable gifts you can bring. To consider that idea that true worship is invariably accompanied by some form of offering of self. This morning as we come to the end of our meeting, I want us to start our contemplation this week. I want you to think about your covenant ready to come next Sunday on Covenant Sunday. I'm not going to say to you that these cards are on the table, get one as you go out, because we're not very good at that. We get so busy, we forget to pick one up. So during a song of reflection just now, as we come before Christ of glory, the Prince of Peace, and simply say, Lord, as we consider covenant, may your life in mine increase. The offering plates are going to come back out this morning, not for you to put something in, but for you to take your covenant card and I want every one of you to take it I want every one of you to have one today I want you to go away from this place because I'm going to go away from this place and I'm going to consider this card too often in life I've made glib covenants I've made glib commitments I've not done it properly I've not given it the thought that I should well this year I am and I hope you will too. As we consider our covenant, may this covenant of love draw us deeper to him and bring others closer to him as a result. Let's sing together. And as we do, may this be the start of our journey of reflection this week as we lead to covenant day next Sunday. Christ of glory, Prince of Peace, is this your desire?
Let thy life in mine increase. Though I live, may it be shown. Tis thy life, not my own. Dwell within, that men may see Christ, the living Christ, in me. Louise and Adam will give us an introduction of a few bars, and then we'll pick it up. And as we do, our offering plates will come back down the line again, but not for you to put anything in, for you to take your card. And may you reflect on it during this week. Thank you. begins when we see God for who he is. 
covenant begins when we place ourselves in his hands in faith and trust. And covenant begins when we go out to let the light shine in the darkness, the light that dwells within each and every one of us. Don't leave this on your chair. Don't leave it on your stand. Put it in your pocket. Take it away. What gift will you bring? What unused talent might you have? What treasure would be of value to him as you consider your covenant this week? Father God, this morning, as we come before you, we just thank you that you are a God who saves. We thank you so much that you are a God who is always there for us, our refuge and strength. And yet, it's meaningful because we have a relationship with you. And it's good that at the very beginning of the year, as we should throughout the year, we should always be reflecting on that covenant that we have. And so today, we just say a simple prayer. Lord, show us and reveal yourself to us. Lord, help us as we contemplate. Give us faith. Give us trust. Help us to see the gifts that you have given us. The gifts that are valuable. Help us see the gifts that lay dormant, that are unused, that could be. But most of all, let us just channel ourselves once again to seeing the glory of God in the life of Jesus. And that that life of Jesus is increasing in each and every one of us. So Lord, dwell within us. Help us this week as we contemplate and reflect on our covenant with you. Give us calm, control everything about us, that the world will only see Christ in us through what we are and what we do. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.